last week called The Year of the Roar. And it, it, it's from a picture that, that, that the Lord showed me a while back. And I thought, that's one of the most powerful pictures I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, we know that Jesus is referred to as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And so as we looked at last week, we talked about the lion roars and he, he roars. Well, let's just look at some, some facts about the lion roaring. Uh, lions usually roar between the hours of dusk and early morning. Usually in those dark hours or in those hours that were just coming out of a dark time. And, and one, some of the reasons that a lion roars is one, they roar to stay in touch with their companions with whom they've been temporarily separated. They roar to let those that are in their pride know where they are. They, they, they advertise their location, not just to their pride, but to their rivals. And so there is a purpose for that roar. That, and I'm telling you, if you've ever been around a, a lion that roars, it, but you know what? They roar quieter in a zoo than they do in, in nature. How much quieter, Jody? Two times quieter in a zoo, in captivity, than they do in the wild. So I couldn't imagine what that really sounds like, you know? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is um, the lion's roar can be heard up to five miles. Up to five miles away, you can hear that lion's roar. A lion can also, they can distinguish between the roars of their ones who they know, of their companions, and, and even strangers. You'll probably hear that scripture come up later, but Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another they won't follow. Oh, glory. Lions stay in touch and, and stay with their pride only as long as they can defend their group from other males. Go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, and we read this last week, but uh, it's, it's the foundation scriptures for this. Out of God's Word translation, in Revelation 5, 5, it said, Then one of the leaders said to me, Stop crying. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has won the victory. Not going to win, Denise, not trying to win, not up against the fight, but he has won the victory. And he can open the scroll and the seven seals on it. Flip over a few chapters to chapter 10 of Revelation. Chapter 10 of Revelation, in verse 2, uh, I'm switching to the voice. He says that in his hand he held a little scroll that had been unrolled. He placed his right foot... Uh, on the sea and his left foot on the land. And then he shouted with a voice that sounded like a roaring lion. And when he cried out, the seven thunders answered with their own rumbling voices. I'm telling you what, our lion has a roar like no other. Our lion roars and the whole earth shakes. Our lion roars and every, even creation itself answers back with a roar of its own. And when your Ryan roars, well, we'll cover that next week. In 1961, the Tokens remade a song from 1939. And the song was by a group called The Evening Birds. Anybody know what the song was? 
In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Say, you know it. The lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> One of the other verses says, Hush, my darling. Don't worry, darling. The lion sleeps tonight. You know, that song was written by a shepherd in, in the 30s. In, in, he was part of the band from South Africa called the Evening Birds. He wrote that song because it was something that they used to say because they would have to chase the lions away from their cattle. And so when the lion would come in, and what they would say is when their parents or, or whoever owned the cattle would come in, that's what they would say, don't worry, the lion sleeps tonight. In other words, he's not coming in here and trying to tear stuff up. But I don't know if they really knew that our lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, because I'm here to tell you today, folks, he is not asleep. He's not asleep, he's not slumbering, he's not off somewhere. Remember when Isaiah, uh, not Isaiah, when Elijah, Elijah stood in front of the prophets and they stood up and they started cutting themselves and all that stuff. He began to tease them and said, well, maybe your God's asleep somewhere. Maybe he's using the restroom. Maybe he went on a vacation. You know? And then he began to cry out. Why? Because he understood that our lion does not sleep. And he roars to let others know he's there. Go to Psalms 121. I'm going to read this out of the message. In Psalm 121, he says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. Listen, verse 3, he won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Oh, glory. Sometimes we wonder, God, where are you? What's going on? Everything in the world is going apart. This thing is breaking apart. It's all going to hell in a handbasket, God. What's going on here? Everything, it's all falling apart. I'm telling you today that your guardian God won't fall asleep on you. Oh, I love verse four. Not on your life. I love how the message puts this. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian, guardian will never doze or sleep. See, you're not in some dark place where he doesn't protect you. You're not in some dark place. That's why he roars between the hours of dusk and dawn. And in, even in those night seasons and in those night times, if we listen, even his whisper sounds like a roar. He says he won't fall asleep. Verse 5, God's your guardian right on your side to protect you. I didn't know this next verse was even possible. Verse 6, shielding you from sunstroke and sheltering you from moonstroke. I didn't know moonstroke was a thing. But you know, in the King James Version, he says, children from the sun and even from the moon. Why do I need sheltered from the moon? Because I mean, you know, sometimes in the dark, when the moon comes up, it's bright and it's hard to hide. You ever played hide and seek at nighttime? Hated it to do that on a full moon because you was real easy to see. When we lived in Canada in the summertime with the tilt of the earth, I could cut my grass at 11 o'clock at night 
without headlights on the lawnmower. The dusk to dawn lights didn't come on until about 1 a.m. So it would be nothing for my kids to be outside with their friends at midnight, at one o'clock in the morning, at two o'clock in the morning, because you could still see. And sometimes when, when a predator can see you, you need shielded. And that's when our lion steps over in front of the moon to give you that place of hiding, that place where you're secure and you're settled and you know that the predator that's after you can't find you there. See, he shelters us from the sun. He shelters us from the moon. He guards, verse 7, God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. The lion that we serve is guarding you and he doesn't sleep. He's not going to fall asleep on you. He's not going to forget you. He's not going to leave you out. Go to Psalm 77. I just feel like shotgunning these today, so I'm just going to put them out there and just go. Psalm 77 verses 1 through 9 from the Passion Translation. He says, I poured out my complaint to you, God. You ever done that? Pour out your complaints to God, took your number, went up to the counter of the altar and just began to complain. I didn't ask you, God. I didn't come here to praise you, God. I came here to complain. He said, I poured out my complaints to you, God. I lifted up my voice, shouting out for your help. When I was deep in distress and in my day of trouble, I reached out for you with hands stretched out to heaven. Over and over, I kept looking for you. But your comforting grace was nowhere to be found. And as I thought of you, I moaned, God, where are you? Anybody ever been there? Good, I'm not alone. Well, I've cried out in the middle of the night saying, God, where are you? He says, I'm overwhelmed with despair as I wait for your help to arrive. King James says Salah, it means to pause in the presence. Verse four, I can't get a wink of sleep until you come and comfort me. This sounds like 2020. <laughs> I can't get a wink of sleep until you come and comfort me. Now I'm too burdened to even pray. Have you ever been there? Come on time, folks. Let's just get real. Oh no, I'm super spiritual. I'm up all the time. I feel it all the time. Mm, you lie. You lie. None of us feel it all the time. There are days when I don't, I don't, not only do I not feel like a pastor, there's some days I don't even feel like a believer. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. He said, I, I, I'm even too burdened to pray here, God. Verse 5, when my mind wandered, thinking of days gone by and the years long since passed, then I remembered the worship songs. See, there's something about coming into the atmosphere of worship. There's something about coming into the atmosphere of praise that causes, <laughs> that causes the clouds to part. That causes the rays of sun to begin to burst through in your life. I just, I just heard of my spirit. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. See, when, the sun, when I begin to think about your worship song, then I begin to lift up. I can see all the obstacles in my way. 
Y'all didn't know he was going to get a concert too, did you? You see, there's something about trusting the lion that when he steps in front of the sun, it keeps you from being burned. And when he steps into front of the moon, he hides you in the place of his grace. And sometimes when we feel like I'm too burdened to even pray, I hear you, God. And then I begin to think about the worship songs that I used to sing in the night season. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we've forgotten to sing. Yeah, but I'm not a singer. Sometimes you need to just put something on, lock yourself away, and crack every window in your house and just begin to worship God. Yeah, but I don't like, that's outside of my comfort zone. God's not worried about your comfort zone. David said, I remembered the worship songs that I used to sing when in the night seasons. And my heart began to fill with thoughts of you. You see, when we begin to worship the lion, then when we begin to worship him, then we're filling our minds and our thoughts of him. Our problem is we focus on the thoughts of everything else. We focus on the thoughts of elections. We focus on the thoughts of masks. We focus on the thoughts of viruses. We focus on the thoughts of bills. We focus on the thoughts of whatever. But he said, in the night hour, I began to remember the songs of worship that I used to sing at night. And then my mind was filled with thoughts of you. So my spirit went out once more in search of you. Would you really walk off and leave me here forever? My Lord God, won't you show me your kind favor delighting in me again? Has your well of sweet mercy dried up? Will your promises never come true? You have somehow forgotten to show me love. You are so angry. Why are you, are, sorry, sorry. Are you so angry that you've closed your heart of compassion to me forever? Jump down to verse 11, but I'm gonna switch translations here. In the voice, puts it this way. I will remember. You see, this is the action of worshiping the lion. It's remembering he's still there. It's remembering to listen for that roar. It's remembering to listen to that, that whisper as he whispers in your ear to trust me that you don't have to fear, that you don't have to give in to these things, that he's not trying to shout at you, but his roar can sound like a whisper to you, but it still shakes the earth. Oh, glory. Uh, I remember the actions the eternal has taken. I reminisce on your ancient wonders. See, sometimes we need to just go back and remember what he's done to be able to face the future of what he needs to do. We look at the future and we wonder how can God do it? Sometimes we get so focused on the future that we forget the victories that he's already given us in the past. He said, I will reflect on all of your work. Indeed, I will study all you have performed. When you're going through these times and these hard times and these dark times, sit down with your word, open it up and only look for miracles. Not just miracles of Jesus, but all through the Bible. Why? Because that produces faith in you. This is why the lion is there. He's not asleep. 
He said, I'll reflect on all your work. Indeed, I will study all that you have performed. Verse 13, oh God, your way is so different, so distinct, so divine. Never, no other God compares with our God. You, God, and your works evoke wonder. You have proved your strength to the nations. You see, the lion roars between the darkest times or when we're coming out of the darkest times. That dawn. We were talking about this this morning as we left the house. Reese said, that makes sense. That's why the Lion King, when they thumb Simba's head and they present him to the world, what time do they do it? They did it at dawn. As the sun rose. You see, what's happening is, is there is something that happens in the morning and the lion roars between the hours of dusk going into a night season and dawn coming out of a night season. Morning is the end of night. Psalms 30. Psalms 30. Glory to God. Folks, I'm telling you, this is the year that we're gonna trust him again. This is the year of no more fear. This is the year when the church is gonna stand up. The body of Christ, let's say that, because when you say church, everybody has a weird idea. When the body of Christ is going to begin to reflect its nature. Psalms 30, verse one. From the Passion, he says, Lord, I will exalt you and lift you high, for you have lifted me up on See, this is why we begin to worship him. This is why we remember him in the night seasons. We begin to exalt him and remember. I, you know, I, I thought about what Ron said as he started out today. We act this certain way because we know where we were. We know what we could have been, but we know where he's brought us. Things could be, hey folks, things could be so much worse for you. And you know why they're not? But for God. But for the lion. He said, I remember you have lifted me up on high. Over all my boasting, gloating enemies, you made me to triumph. Oh Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle and you healed me. But Lord, I need one now. Begin to praise him for what he's already done. Prepare the way. Give him some palm branches to walk on. Throw those offerings down before him as your praise and your worship. He said, Lord, I cried out for, for a miracle and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below. Now here I am, alive and well, fully restored. Folks, you need to get up in the morning and say, hey, look, here I am. I'm alive, I'm well. Are things perfect? I never said things are going to be perfect. But I'm alive and I am well, but for my lion. If it wasn't for anything else, it wasn't my job that kept me, it wasn't a doctor that kept me, it wasn't a lawyer that kept me, it was the lion of the tribe of Judah roared at the middle of my night. He warned me going into the fight. He shouts for me coming out of the fight. And here I am fully alive. I am well. He shelters me from the sun and he hides me from the light of the moon. Oh, verse four. Oh, sing and make a melody. You steadfast lovers of God. Give thanks to him every time you reflect on his holiness. 
That means every time you think about him, you should enter into a time of worship. His presence should be so overwhelming in our lives that we stumble around like drunk people coming out of a bar at two o'clock in the morning because we know we have encountered the intoxicating, the overwhelming love and the presence of a God that changed us, that saved us, that kept us where we are. Oh, <laughs> I got to quit. I'm going to get myself, I'm going to get myself there. Verse 5, I've learned that his anger lasts, but for a moment, but his loving favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night. We may weep through the night, but at daybreak, it will turn into shouts of ecstatic joy at the roar of the lion coming out at dawn when he is declaring the end of your night season and he is awakening you it is his glory it is his presence and he is roaring you into a brand new day he roared us into 2021 and he's going to roar you through whatever dark season that you're facing right now he is there to declare it is the end of the night season you know there were some great victories that happened at morning in the Bible. I began to study this. It, it just struck me, Jody, that he roars at dusk when we're heading into a night season and he roars between the hours of dawn to let us know the night season's over. And I thought, okay, why dawn? He's waking up? No, he, our, we already saw our lion doesn't sleep. And so he took me to a few places. Go to Joshua chapter 6. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 15, I'm reading from the voice. Everybody knows this story, right? Everybody had their shofars. Everybody had their trumpets. Everybody walked around this big old giant obstacle that stood in their way. I can see all the obstacles in my way. They saw this big giant obstacle that stood in front of them. And for six days, Ted, they said not a word. And all they did was walk around this thing. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? How are we going to overtake this? Okay, we'll walk around it again, but day two, it's just as big today as it was yesterday. Day three, hey God, we haven't made a dent in this thing. Day four, hey God, there's... They're standing on top of the wall making fun of us now, God. Everybody is looking over the obstacle saying, what in the world do you think you're going to do with this? Do you know, realize that the wall of Jericho was so wide that they would hold chariot races across the top of it? Day five, God, not one crack. Not one speck of this day six, Lord, nothing's changing. I don't know about you, but some of us would get frustrated by now. <laughs> can't come, God, come out here. You, can't, you know why they couldn't talk? Because God didn't want them to complain. Maybe that's our problem. But something happened in verse 15. But on the seventh day, they rose with the sun at dawn. See, there's a sound that comes from dawn that declares the night season is, oh, glory. 
And on the seventh day, they rose with the sun and with the procession, they marched around the city walls seven times. That was the only day they made seven circuits around the city walls. And after the seventh, when did this happen? This happened as the sun come up. The lion roars when? Between the hours of dusk going into your night season and dawn coming out of your night season. And when the priest had raised, and after the seventh and final circuit, when the priest had raised a what? A mighty. See, the, the lion's roar may be a whisper, but our response should be a noise. Some of you will take that home later and figure it out. I'm just not a, I'm just not a loud person. I don't show my emotions that well. Well, maybe if we realized how great the lion was, it might change that a little. I don't know. You know. When the priest had raised a mighty noise, when? At dawn. On their trumpets, Joshua turned to the people and said, Shout! Shout, for the eternal one has given us the city. See, their response was shout. The lion began to roar, and then the rest of his pride joined in the roar. When the trump, You see, the trumpet, the shofar, was a representation of the voice of God. That's what it's for. That's why it was blown. That's why Bob, when Bob blows the shofar, it's a representation of the voice of God. It's the lion's roar. And when the priest released the lion's roar, then Joshua turned to the people and said, Shout! Shout! God has given us the city. And I'm here to tell you today, folks, when Bob blew that this morning, the first thing out of your mouth should have been a shout because you know that whatever obstacle is standing in your way, God is beginning to flatten. We were sitting in church one time. I was on a worship team. This scripture's come through my mind. And uh, I began to sing that song from the 80s. Some of you will remember it. You guys probably won't. He said, shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I could do without. Come on. You see, that's what we got. When we begin to let that shout out, we're looking at the obstacle that's standing in our way. Said, I can do without that. I can live without that. So what am I going to do? Release the lion's roar and I'll shout with him. And when we do, in the dawn hour, coming out of the dark season of our life, he will begin to drop the obstacle flat. They didn't run over top of rubble, 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 rubble. They didn't run over top of rubble. They didn't run over top of big giant rocks. They walked over a flattened city that walls had fallen straight into the ground. Hello. Mm. See, victory's come in the morning. That's why the lion roars. Second Chronicles chapter 20. One of my absolute, fa- I got a few favorites. Hey, you'll hear me say that a lot, Scott. I'm really not lying. I have a lot of favorite Bible stories. 
They come to Jehoshaphat and they tell Jehoshaphat that all the countries have come against him. And his first instinct was like everyone else's when they're facing a huge obstacle in their life. He was afraid. But look what happened in verse 20 of 2 Chronicles 20. It said they woke up when? When does the lion roar? Going into a midnight season at dusk and coming out of a dark season at dawn. And so they wrote, maybe some of our problems, we just need to get out of bed. <laughs> different story for a different time. It says, and they rose up early in the morning, ready to march into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they were leaving, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, listen, Judah and Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God. What was that word you gave us? Trust? What was the word you gave us? Tina? Fear not. Fear not. Look what he tells Jehoshaphat there. Listen up, Jerusalem and Judah. 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 <laughs> it's what happens when you drink the new wine. Judah and Jerusalem, believe firmly in your God and believe your lives will be firm. Believe in your prophets and you'll come out on top. And after talking it over with the people in verse 21, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir. See, there is praise that has to come with this lion's roar. Well, I don't like all this praise. I don't understand it. There is something that happens when you begin to praise God. There's a release. He says that after talking to the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir dressed in holy robes, and they were to march ahead of the troops. Now, imagine you're in that choir. We're going to war against everybody. Well, good. Here's what we're going to do. Who wants to join the choir? That's easy. I'll join the choir. Well, good. You all are going first. <laughs> Why? Because he knew what David knew. When David wrote that in the, midnight, in the midnight seasons, I remember the songs I used to sing. Choir, you go first, and those guys with weapons and shields, they'll come behind you. Is it too late to get out of this? He said, and he appointed the choir, he dressed them in holy robes, and, and he put them ahead of the troops singing, give thanks to God, his love never quits. Give thanks to God. Well, I don't know about all this praise stuff. Start here. God, I thank you because your love never quits. I thank you that even when I'm dirty and rotten and filthy, your love never quits. I thank you that every time I blow it, Sally, your love never quits. God, I thank you that when I act a fool, your love never quits. God, I thank you when I'm doing the stupidest thing that I have ever thought I was going to do in my life, your love never quits. When we understand that his love is never going to quit on you, that he is never going to fall asleep, and that he is going to roar and let you know your night season is over. They sent him ahead of the troops and they said, sing, your love never quit. The great victories are birthed coming out of the night seasons. Mm. Verse 22, 
And as soon as they started shouting and praising, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. See, what ambushed the enemy was the roar of the lion. When they began to shout, when they began to praise, God started ambushing the enemy on their behalf. Ooh. As they were attacking Judah, and they all ended up dead. The Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir. So what happens is, is these two armies, they're beginning, they're, Judah's over here singing. Judah was your praisers. They's over here singing, they's over here shouting, they were over here roaring back at the lion. And all of a sudden, these two armies said, that's our enemy. But they were there with them. And so they turned and attacked the ones who showed up to fight with them. And then when they had killed all of that army, they turned on each other. They, they mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and, and massacred them. Then further confused, there is a sound within praise that confuses the enemy. This person should be crying. This person should be wailing. This, I've got them over the fire. I've got them. They're destroyed. Why are they? You see, there's something when we begin to praise that confuses the mind of the enemy. That causes the enemy to turn on himself. Amen. Your praise is very important. Your personal praise. Why do you think we do praise and worship at church? It sets a tone. It confuses the enemy. Okay. Get into that another day? Okay. It says, and then after they had massacred those at Mount Seir, they further confused. They went at each other and ended up killed. And as Judah came up, oh, can you imagine? Here's the, here's the, <laughs> I can imagine that choir. They're shouting, they're praising, they're declaring the glory and the goodness of God. His love is never going to quit on me. And can you imagine they getting to the top of the mountain going, oh boy, I know there's swords over there. I know there's spears over there. I know there's shields over there. I know there's horses over there. I know, I don't know, there's probably donkeys over there. We're going to keep singing, God. You said to sing. You said to pray. You said to make a roar. You imagine coming over top of the mountain. And it said, when Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the horde of barbarians, they looked on a killing field of dead bodies. Not a living soul among them. When they began to roar back at the lion, they didn't even have to fight. The army wasn't even needed except for what we're getting ready to read next. He says, there was a killing field of dead bodies, not a living soul among them. Let's go, Bob. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, see, that's what happens. When, the in, when you begin to worship, it confuses the enemy. He even turns on himself, but he don't just turn on himself and kills him. He leaves everything that he ever took with behind. Everything you ever thought you lost to him yeah. is left on the ground. 
And when, Jehoshaphat, <laughs> and when Jehoshaphat and his people came over the rise, they saw the killing field of dead body. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, they found more loot than they could carry off. See, this is why the soldiers came. Equipment, clothing, valuables, it took three days. It took three days to cart it away. And on the fourth day, they came together at the Valley of Blessing, Baraka, and blessed God. And that's how it got its name, Valley of Blessing. You see, when you begin to open your mouth, when you understand that the lion is roaring at dawn, and at dawn we get up early and we start our day with praise, the enemy is completely baffled, he's completely confused, and he'll start dropping everything that you thought he took from you. So much so, it'll take you more days to carry it away than you thought possible. See, there are always great victories. This is why the lion roars at dusk to warn you, you're going into a night season, but don't worry, he's going to roar to let you know your night season is over. So Jehoshaphat won a great victory. Then there's always the greatest victory of all that happened in the morning. When one lady scared out of her mind, walked through a garden, didn't know how she was going to get to the one she loved, only to find out that sometime in the morning the, li the lion already roared and the stone was rolled away and the grave was already empty. And there was a great victory for humanity that was already great victories come when the lion roars. And the obstacle that was in her way was already out of the way for her. When she came, oh. <laughs> he roars to let you know you might be going into the night season, but he's going to roar. And I believe this year is the year of the roar when he's going to let us know the night season is over. Things are changing. It's done. We are moving into a new place. It is time for the body of Christ to come into the resurrection power of God and walk in what we are actually meant to be walking in. The lion is roaring today, and we just have to listen for the whisper. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. <laughs> I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, we thank you, lion. We thank you, Lion, that you're roaring, and this is the year of the roar to let us know that the night season is over. We thank you that you have victories upon victories. You have blessings upon blessings when we choose to walk in a word that we trust you, when we choose to walk with the idea that we will not fear, when we choose to operate in a place of perfect love and it's casting out the fear from us. We choose to operate in that place because we know our Lion never sleeps and he never slumbers and he is going to be there in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.